0: Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Branko Miletic, and today we have a very special guest in our studio in the form of Adam Hetherington from BVN. Um, and I say very special, well, because I don't think I've ever had an expert, nay, Australia's foremost expert, as far as I, what, I, what I could dig up, on the, um, de, how do you say it, de Rufus? It's um DeRofus. See, I don't even know how to say it. DeRofus Software Platform. A unique planning data management and built uh, collaboration tool that provides workflow support and um, access to building uh, information—building information, sorry—throughout the um, building life cycle. Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Adam Hetherington. Thanks, Branko. It's good to be here. Okay, so okay, before we start talking software and algorithms and
1: bits and bytes and whatnot, um, can we have a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Well, my um, background is interior design, mm-hmm. and I studied a Bachelor of Design at the Queensland College of Art. And when I graduated from that, I started working for BVN right? and just happened to let That's fall, BVN in Sydney, yes? Actually, BVN in Brisbane. Okay. And, um, you know, from the very beginning, um, we were pioneering a health project at the time, uh, hospital redevelopment, and we were one of the first in Australia to use a database add-on to microstation, 2D, okay. 2D microstation at the time. And um, ever since then, I've, you know, realized that interior design was um, something that I really enjoyed, but I always loved sitting down to the the data of it all. Okay, um, So that's what kind of led me to taking a job here in Sydney um, some 14 years later as a database manager and I probably would have done it sooner but I really had to wait until that job was invented for me because it's um, certainly not a role database management and architecture that maybe existed say you know five or ten years ago. That's true um, so you love your spreadsheets is that what you're saying? Well I guess Dorofus is like a spreadsheet on steroids right? Okay. you know and it's it's more than just Um, a schedule of information, because each of those rows of data, and it's actually more like a cube of data because the rows go up and down and across and sideways. It it forms a cube of information that's connected together. Um, And each of those little rows are a thing. You know, they're the couch that someone's going to sit on. It's the floor finish that someone's going to walk on. It's the door that someone's going to walk through. Uh And even the handle that they're going to open it with. Um, And all that data, you know, exists Virtually, um, before sometimes even before the model, the building model exists.
0: I'm intrigued. So you you studied interior design, okay, interior architecture. You've that's more on an artistic bent, almost, isn't is it not? And yet you've you've sort of swung the other way and decided, you know, you want to become virtually a data scientist in some in some some aspects why and how did that happen was there a a moment of epiphany or
1: I guess it was the nature of interior design projects that I always took part in Mm -hmm. and I worked predominantly for companies that um, did not draw a line between interiors and architecture Um, they didn't really separate the strands so I would find myself doing a lot of work, you know, traditionally assigned to architecture. And and I didn't really know any different. Um, so, the type of projects that I worked on were always large and civic and complex. Um, so, hospital redevelopments, university science and teaching laboratories. Um, you know, I've, I've done the interior design of a mortuary. It's, you know... Sounds not fascinating. It's not traditional... Um, you know, picking cushions and rugs. In fact, I've I've never specified a rug. You know, in in fifteen years, I had uh, one little private client once that I helped them choose a rug. Okay, yeah. Um, so traditionally, it's been um, you know heavy services content, right? Okay. Um, and as the person who like, I really started designing with data sheets as well, um, using the power of words and text and describing something, naming something to prevent necessarily having to draw it in the traditional way. So you don't always need a plan to set out and cost and brief a room or a department or a building. Okay.
0: Would you say, I mean, this this might be my yeah you know, my cloistered um, view of the the industry. but would you say that I mean bar, let's say uh, technology that people in your industry have to use, overall, there's more of a technophobic um, sort of view?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, Architecture is definitely the the leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of all of the building disciplines, and you know, I work a lot directly with you know, mechanical, electrical, hydraulic, you know, services consultancies. And you know, I don't just manage the input of architectural data to the database, but all of those services come in as well. Um, and certainly, architecture seems to be a good 10 to 15 years ahead of okay. the other disciplines. Okay, that far ahead, wow. Yeah, they were like that with the take up of three-dimensional modeling software as well and still are that kind of far ahead. Um, I think certainly within certain companies, there's a lack of respect for um, technology and its role in technology, um, mm-hmm. the role of technology rather in architecture and, and in design itself. Um, and that often comes from a fear of it, um, maybe an inability to wield The technology, and you know, rather than surrounding themselves with people who can do that, uh, they might kind of push away from it a bit more and say, "Well, we don't want to do that. We do just give me that sketch paper again." And um, why can't we just, you know, why can't we just do it in two D? Those kind of questions do do come up.
0: Okay, that that's, that's actually interesting. So, can you tell me? About the platform, what does it do, and why uh, do you think it's important? And importantly, why do you think it perhaps is the future of the way things are going in this sort of broader industry?
1: Mm. Well, um, I guess I'd start by describing, you know, my role, and mm. um, you know, I've used a number of database platforms to design with, and um, I describe myself actually as a building design database manager. So, regardless okay. of whether it's Dorofus and Revit or, you know, whatever other platform you might have or might get invented next year or might be the new DeRugor, you know, of, okay, we're going to use this software. Um, you know, the current leader is definitely Dorofus and mm-hmm. it's a Norwegian software. Okay. Um, and when people ask me to describe what it is, um, I usually start with asking them if they understand what Revit is. So Revit three-dimensional architectural modeling software. And, um, you know, it is a, like a model of the constructed building. Mm-hmm. It's a virtual model of the constructed building. Right. And Dorofus is a virtual model of the virtual model. Okay. So it's an important distinction to make because the building model in Revit or Archicad or whatever you might be using is object-based, You know, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. a room to exist in the model, in the Revit model, you have to draw the walls and put the room in it. Like, it has to be placed. And the same with things like, you know, furniture or fittings or finishes. To capture the brief of that information, you have to draw it. You have to place the object. And the object has to exist in the model to do that. Mm -hmm. So, by having a virtual model of that allows you to brief the building before the geometry exists. So just like Revit has rooms and furniture and finishes, so does Dorofus. It has rooms that exist virtually that have the same name as the room that will be in Revit in the future. It has um, perhaps the briefed area for the room, a description of its function. So If you can capture all that information outside of the model Mm -hmm. before perhaps even the model exists, it allows you to develop a much um, greater amount of detail for each space um, prior to anyone being able to draw it or model it or perhaps while the model is changing a lot. So you can design rooms also by the type of room. like So before you even know how many meeting rooms are in a building, you can capture what will be in the meeting rooms of various type and size. So once the number of meeting rooms do exist, then you put that number in and apply the template to it. So immediately you're able to populate large amounts of building data about a particular room or room type. I guess the other benefit is that if you're working with object-based data and there's big wholesale changes, um, that can be a real problem. You know, If you've got a room full of furniture um, in a building model, it's quite hard to push that around if someone decides, oh, well, that room's moving to level nine, right? or that room's going to another department, or we need another five of those, let's have three less, and so on. Um, You know, if someone decides to restack a hospital in a building 3D model, Mm -hmm. that can take a long time to do, to actually move all those rooms from one floor to another. Now, I can restack a database model in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, It's just much quicker to manage that data. And you don't necessarily have to be able to see that item to know what it is. And the real, I guess, beauty of the database software like Dorofus is it links the virtual data to the real data using some kind of unique key. So the room in the database is linked directly to a room in the model Mm -hmm. and they synchronize and talk to each other. And there's a bi-directional workflow where you can push and pull information between the building model and the Dorofus database. And the same goes with every individual component and family and system family um, within that model. So there might be, you know, individual bits of um, FFE or um, services outlets, or they might even be system families like walls and ceilings and so on. And using a a unique key identifier, um, the items become linked with the database. So you can control, um, you know, pretty much whatever you want, you know, the the mapping of the attributes between what's in the model and what's in the database. Um, You can basically take one parameter in Revit and push it or pull it to an attribute in Dorofus. So it allows you a much greater amount of control over the model data, Um, especially when you start tying in with facility management software, which, you know, really requires very consistent, Um, data in particular parameters within Mm -hmm. that 3D model, Um, Mm -hmm. linking to a database certainly sort of puts your eggs in two baskets as well, Um, which is often, you know, something architects will freak out about. Right, yeah. About having, oh, you've got information there and there, and it's got to be the same. Um, By using synchronizing, you can really put your hand on your heart and know that the data in the database is exactly what's in the model because I just synchronized it. Um, and also by putting it in two places, it helps you do what, like I call a bit a little bit of um, you know looking for glitches in the matrix. Mm-hmm. So once you synchronize the data, you look for the bit that's different, and and that's going to flag something that's not captured, not briefed, not linked, um, you know something that might be broken or incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the synchronization process. Um, is key to I think to database management and and being able to make sure that what you've got in the model matches what you might be scheduling from the database Um, it you know it's two things in the same place at the same time and you can like verify that that's the case.
0: Wow, that is actually fascinating. So what is the relationship between, between that and, let's say, BIM?
1: Well, BIM, I guess the database is the I okay. in BIM. Ah, like it's ah. the information. Um, and people will often say that, you know, like Revit is actually not BIM. Um, there's too much information required in a complex building environment such as a hospital, um, to capture just in Revit. It's just not possible. Right, okay. um, And when you look at something, I think, you know, a, a particular guideline that people might be familiar with would be the Australasian Health Facility Guideline. Um, and that guideline actually lives in a Darofus database. Like, the Aus HFG is a Darofus database. Oh, okay. So... That's how it's kept. So they produce the data sheets by pressing generate in the Dorofus reporting module. Um, they capture all of the standard components as templates in a Derofus database. And they link that to a Revit model to produce the layout sheets associated with each of those room data sheets. Okay, so where has, it, if you can tell me this,
0: where has it been used and, and what, difference to, has it made in, in, in let's say, if, if we compare it to so-called, if there is such a thing as traditional methods, mm. is there an example you, you could give me?
1: Um, well, Dorofus is um, essentially a mandated software for use on any hospital project for health infrastructure in New South Wales, valued mm. at more than 100 million dollars. Which is basically all of them, really. When you when you, you think, but don't think about get it, get a lot of change from hundred million yeah. for like hospital projects, yeah. um, and even some of the smaller ones under that. You know, like some a single room can be worth you know fifteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's pretty easy to get um, to that point. Um, so, in New South Wales, that certainly created um, a bit of a um, a quantum leap in Dorofa's knowledge. Um, and and for standardization as well, because it is a very customizable software. Mm. Okay. um, That, you know, essentially you can make it do what you want to. Um, You can quite easily, um, like, write it to look and to record the information that you want in the way you want it to. So, you know, that can be a blessing and a curse in that um, you know, that great flexibility is fantastic, but if one person goes from one Darofus project to another, they might look vastly different. Um, and where the information is kept and how that, um, how that looks um, can have quite a bit of variation, and, and people can struggle with that um, if, the, if the format changes too much. So, you know, the New South Wales Health and AusHFG, um, you know, having a Darofus template has you know, kind of established a bit of a, a nomenclature, I suppose, for for how a Dorofus database can and should be structured, um, for for capturing of a health project. Now, in terms of um, like other um, types of projects that are using it a lot, um, a lot of like the um, big railway projects right. um, in New South Wales. I know that um, Dorofus has been used for that. Um, stadium work, um, airport work—it um, really comes unto its own.
0: I think you just—I think you just, just cataloged or listed everything that's being built in New South Wales.
1: Yeah, well, also um, the new Sydney Fish Market. Um, oh, okay, is a Dorofus database, and um, you know we're using um, templates to capture um, existing rooms um, and using those existing room templates as the baseline for informing what is required for that space in in the new building um, so you can you know really apply Dorofus to to any particular building type and typology um, but it does lend itself particularly to buildings with um, large and complex um, FFE requirements mm-hmm Um, As well as buildings that, you know, you really need to capture a detailed return brief. Um, Because, you know, what you're actually doing is capturing, instead of a bunch of Excel schedules and folders with meeting minutes and, and, Mm -hmm. and what have you, you're actually capturing verifiable data. So instead of writing in a list, this room needs, you know, five tables, 12 chairs and 20 GPOs. By capturing that into Rofus, when you actually model that room, because they're connected and linked, you actually literally click on the room and it's going to tell you, oh, you've got six tables and you only need five. Mm-hmm. You've got 15 double power outlets and you only need 12. You know, it's actually verifying that what you've promised the client mm-hmm. is what you've delivered in the model. And so what's actually going to be constructed
0: so it's so it wouldn't be just hospitals and would it be schools so that'd Absolutely. be which, which which you know is another area I think BVN um there's a fair bit of work in that's right um and then you would also be looking at yeah well railways i mean the, the, when we just opened up recently the northwest metro yeah i know that was being built for a while and it looked fairly complex um and yes airports is that why um Durophis is is used in these areas not just for the regulatory part but also for the
1: for the financial well Durophis was actually created by building owners right um which makes it a little bit different than some of the other database softwares which were created more kind of for architects okay um cuz they were the ones kind of demanding it and you know it actually Um, For any building where you've got a high degree of accountability, where you've got an owner who really wants to take charge of what they're getting Mm -hmm. in their building and wanting to be able to see that, like, not just at the end when they get delivered a bunch of design drawings and schedules, they want to be able to monitor and engage with the building brief and what they're being provided mm-hmm. from the inception of the project, maybe even beforehand, you know, right through till, you know, construction and delivery and handover and afterwards. It's, um, you know, something that, you know, New South Wales Health see a great deal of value in mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, obviously they have faced issues over the years with, you know, the quality of projects that might yep. have been delivered Um, and Dorofus has a unique ability as well to assign permissions in the database Um, so what that means is that you can give someone read-only access to the data so they literally cannot change or manipulate anything Um, whereas you can also streamline permissions around disciplines so you would set up a a responsibility for electrical, for hydraulic, for architecture, FFE. Um, you can have permissions for AV and signage and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, and by assigning those permissions correctly in the database, and that's often the role of a database administrator like myself, it means that when the electrical consultant goes into the database, they can actually only manipulate the data for which they've been assigned the responsibility. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, electrical engineer can't accidentally add or delete a table or a chair, mm-hmm. um, and someone from interiors can't manipulate the number of power and data outlets, um, you know, in a in a room or in a space.
0: Okay, so I've I've gone to the um I've gone to the um, I think it's the um, actually it was it was your LinkedIn site. I said it said that the Rofus, um, user group has got. I think two hundred and eighty-eight members.
1: Yeah, we're doing quite well in Sydney now.
0: Yeah, Mm. which is kind of fascinating. So, who are well, not uh, I don't need to know their names, but in terms of you know um, job title, who are these people mainly?
1: Well, the Dorofus user group in Sydney is run by myself and Mr. Roland Teers, who's a BIM advisor at Mm -hmm. Health Infrastructure, and we have people from every discipline that take part in our user group so we have facility planners Mm -hmm. we have contractors um, interior designers architects mechanical engineers hydraulic electrical um, you know really every like one of the ones I've struggled with is structural although it's absolutely possible to get that kind of data into the database Mm. um, there's often been a lack of drive from you know consultants to really kind of look at the software and they sit there maybe saying, oh, well, what can it do? Like, what can Darofus do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always kind of turn that around and say, well, no, you ask what it can do for you. Like, what do you want it to do? What are your deliverables? Okay. Um, And then work backwards from there. Um, So the idea of the user group was to actually set up, like, and create a Darofus community where people who... Are increasingly being required to use the software right. because they're working on projects where it's mandated, um, and they want to learn more about it and they want to like explore and ask questions from you know experienced users. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other user groups around the world. I think Sydney is still possibly the only one that is organized by and run by users of okay. the software. We're not. Um, organized by Dorofus obviously we speak a lot with them and you know engage with them about mm-hmm. um, ensuring they can have a platform at our meeting um, where they might share with us new developments um, or you know or present particular functionality that might be new um, but the user group is run by users of Dorofus for users of Dorofus okay um, and, and it's not it's not a sales pitch. <laughs> To you know, to sell the software, it's really about establishing a community to, um, you know, bounce ideas off each other. And because there's so many different ways to literally skin a cat in Dorofus, agreeing on a methodology as a collective mm. to say, "Well, we could do it this way, we could do it that way, we could also do it that way," right? But actually, sort of collectively agree and say, "Oh, well, but you know, well, we've looked at all of that. This is probably." we think the best way to do it like this is what we would recommend um so having that collective engagement um you know helps like us direct what we're doing and um especially in those disciplines that might not have engaged so much with database software before Mm mm-hmm
0: this the future in terms of from from the the built slash design environment is is this the future
1: look i've often said once the contractors start cottoning on right. to the power of the database they will be all over it like a rash um you know i've, I've often said like if you control the data right you control the building okay um and it it is the future i see it's what health infrastructure are doing when you start a new south wales health project they give you the database okay. and it's got essentially all of the rooms that are assigned a, a template from the health facility guideline and it's their library like it's their library mm-hmm. of components of what you can use um, and i see that will happen more in the future where i know if i was a contractor. I'd want my database, I would control the items in it, and the, you know we then they might be l- like letting the designers assign specification um, to those items. Or it might be the other way around. On some projects we find now that it's the contractors who want to control the specification of a lot of the FFE um, as well as you know particularly fixed um, mm-hmm. fittings. And, you know, they are actually inputting that data. So, you know, the designers are actually doing essentially what is a miniature performance-based specification for each, like, individual item in the room. And then it's a mixture of the architect and contractor um, and various other consultants that then arrive at, well, what is the actual, like, material, product, or like system Mm -hmm. that's applied to that particular element and you know Dorofus also allows you to capture all of that information in one environment and attach certificates you can attach images Um, you can attach just basic make model finish Um, and a web link you know you can you can really assign a lot of data to each individual item Mm -hmm. and all of that information is quite heavy like and you just can't capture it in the building model right so what it allows you to do is you've got this kind of heavy item in Dorofus that's laden with images you know a pdf of the specification you know certificates about you know fire and slip and whatever else mm-hmm. might be associated with it and then it's dil- directly linked to a modelled element in the building design and they're like, linked together so that you know that that item is drawn in the model, but all of that heavy data associated with it doesn't need to live in, um, in the building model. It lives outside.
0: Does it also mean that... You know, this This is, I guess, a facet of... I'm going to add a limb here, a facet of big data. Um, does it also mean that... that this has now created a new job title or a new job specification. Like, for example, your role, as you I think yourself pointed out earlier, didn't exist mm. ten or so years ago. Um, and looking to the future, is this uh, now a portal into in, into a new roles or on, your, on your new sub roles within within your your particular specialisation?
1: You know, part of the future of building um, to have a database. And and this role, which I, you know, like I, my official title is Darufus Specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that which,
0: is that what's on your card?
1: It is currently. I think <laughs> it's going to change soon <laughs> for the better. Um, like I do like being a specialist, but like I don't care if it's Darofus. Like it could be any other sort of software right. as well, um, which I mentioned before. Um, you know, they're going to find something better than Revit soon, I hope. And where is that going to leave the Revit architects? Right, okay. You know, there's... Um, I think you've always got to be careful about associating, you know, your skill set with a software um, because they change and they should, you know, they... If a better one comes along, I'll be onto it. So,
0: platform agnostic.
1: Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, now, in terms of as a role, the database manager and the building design database manager, um, it's got. It's absolutely needs to be um, a role. I think for any large project, and it's a unique skill set. Though, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, it's more construction knowledge and right, building okay. knowledge than it is like computer programming knowledge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, despite the way I might sound, I'm not that nerdy. Like. I I actually can't even like deal with you know a lot of like the the underlying bonnet like what's underneath the right. Dorofus interface, the XML stuff, the SQL Server shenanigans. Yeah, no idea. Um, but when it's got an interface that's actually kind of user friendly, right? And, and I think okay. and that's one of the things about like these platforms and and Dorofus especially is that. You don't have to have mm. that kind of coding, knowledge, mm-hmm. understanding. In fact, it is would be absolutely useful. But yeah. I would see, like, Dorofus does that for you. Yeah, okay. Like, it's that's what it's there for. Um, certainly, you can, you know, it's no harm having that knowledge. But it's actually the knowledge of a project from brief through to delivery and even beyond. Now that is like having that experience and that's experience i've gained as an interior designer working on large complex projects of you know being there during feasibility and briefing and user groups and capturing the building design brief Mm -hmm. and then translating that through design development and construction documentation and delivery of it and knowing what the project deliverables are not just for one discipline, but actually for multiple disciplines. Mm. Um, It's, you know, it's not something that everyone has an interest in. It's not something that everyone has a skill in. And, you know, it's something that, you know, ultimately I've just not fallen into, but pursued out of like interest and fascination of not just, you know, the interiors. And like, I'm a walking encyclopedia of interior design and finishes and, Mm -hmm. um, and and all that but also like a now an encyclopedia of like a lot of the um, mech and elect and hydraulic okay Um, you know it's all building it's all amazing and um, you know I look forward to those other disciplines kind of getting to where we've been in architecture for a while yeah Um, because when you see services exposed in a building it can either be beautiful or hideous (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know, to I would love to see the pride that you know an interior designer takes in the finishes of mm. a of a room. I'd love to see a similar sort of a pride coming from, say, an electrical engineer about his cable tray ducts, okay, and how well they're placed, and how efficient they are, and how beautiful they are. And I'm yet to find that person.
0: Maybe, maybe in the future. Maybe. Adam Hetherington, thank you very much. That has actually been fascinating. Brilliant. Thank Um, you for having me. Adam is Australia's um, foremost Derofus expert. And until next time, goodbye.